Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Now's the time to save 30% on wedding jewelry. Only on BlueNile.com. Make sure your wedding ring is the one with your pick of diamond and lab-grown diamond bands. All hand-finished and graded for excellence. Or surprise her with something blue she'll love for life, like a stunning pair of sapphire earrings. Blue Nile's jewelry experts are available 24-7 to help, from fit questions to style advice. Right now, get up to 30% off at BlueNile.com. BlueNile.com. Welcome back to another exciting edition of the Pointless Exercise Podcast. It's time for the baseball podcast with Bally Senior MLB writer David Brown. David, how are you? Andy, I'm good. Thank you for asking. We've only got two weeks left in the season, so we better hurry and do this. We'll run out of time. I know. Uh, looking at the looking at the schedules, uh, a quirk, which I found very interesting. Um, do you know who the Guardians finish with? Yeah, or I did. I I mean, I've written they have, three or four stories about this, but they have six um, home games in a row with the Royals. Right, because they have they were supposed to finish the season with the Royals at in Cleveland, and they were supposed to start the season against the Royals at Cleveland. And in the, after the lockout, MLB took the first everybody's first series and just threw it at the back of their schedule. Right, which means the Royals spent almost a full week in Cleveland. <laughs> it's a lovely town. Come on, how many times can they go to the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame? I just <laughs> I don't know. I just thought that was. I looked at that. And I'm like, that's not right. And I'm like, oh, I know why that happened. I thought that was odd. Yeah. So I mean, that that basically means that the White Sox had better, if they're going to be in first place, had better be in it by then. Because I don't know how much they can count on the Royals to beat the Guardians, uh, especially on the road, in the final. What six games? Did you say? I mean, six. that's a lot. So. That's a lot. Yeah. They better have, you know, made their their peace by then. So as as we are recording this, it is still a four game Guardian lead over the White Sox. Both teams have fifteen games to play. However, the White Sox have more than one reason why they need to sweep the Guardians in these three games. Yes. Yes. A, they need to do it to catch up. But B, one more Guardian win clinches the season series over the White Sox. And if the so that's like another game if lead. The, right, because if the two teams tie at the end of the season, the Guardians win because there are no game 163s anymore. Right. So it's basically, with one more win, it would become a five-game lead. If they win tonight, five-game lead, actually, it's literally a six-game lead. 
Because right. the socks have to pass them. They can't just tie them. Right. So put that in your mathematical hat. And well, I mean, the, the, the odds are definitely against the White Sox. The only thing is, like we said, they've got three home games. Right now, as we speak, they're trailing one to nothing in the first game of the fifth inning, I think. If they win those games, then they're one out. And yeah. they also like then you it's said, all... have the tiebreaker. And we have a we have something here over the last twelve games. But only yeah. if they win all three games. Yeah, pretty much. Um, those of you who don't know, I in order just in all transparency, uh, my uncle Larry owns the Indians. Um, he doesn't know <laughs> he's my uncle. Right. I I'm not sure legally he's my uncle, but he's my he's my uncle. I've gotten free Indians tickets when they were Indians before because of that just the last name being the same thing um, so but, how did that happen did you like give them your name and they assumed it's a great great story <laughs> um, I was going down to visit my parents in Florida and the the then Indians now Guardians were training in beautiful Winter Haven Florida Ooh, right and um, I emailed around to the the teams closest to uh, where my mom and dad were staying. So that would have been the Royals in beautiful Baseball City, which went back. It reverted back to Haines City. Baseball City is no more. It's mm. back to Haines City. Boardwalk and Baseball? Is that? No, that's where the Braves are. That's different. No, I think Boardwalk and Baseball was the name of the hokey little, like, entertainment district around Baseball City. Right. Because the Braves are basically Wide World of Sports in uh, Disney World. Okay. So it was them, the Astros in Kissimmee, the Barbs down there in Disney World. Um, I think that was it. And um, basically said, "Hey, I'm gonna, I'm a, I'm a big time blogger. <laughs> I'd like to come down and uh, just if you got any tickets." Everybody gave me tickets except for the Braves, which I didn't expect because it's Disney and a few. Um. So I got tickets and stuff though. Royals basically said, how many do you want? <laughs> would, would you like, you like to play? Would, would you like 100 to every game? Could you Could you bring people? Could, we'll rent you a bus. Round up some maybe people. Baseball fans? Could you? Maybe. So anyway, we go to uh, we go to Winter Haven for, for one of the games. It's me and my dad. We got two tickets waiting for us at Will Call. We go to Will Call, and the guy in the Will Call line is not practicing much in the way of customer service. He's barking at everybody, and he's pissed that people don't have their IDs out and it's like, you buddy, just relax. So we saunter up to the window and he's like, yeah, he's like, yeah. I said, yeah, two tickets for Dolan. He goes, for for Dolan? I said, yes, <laughs> oh, well, just a second. And then he like disappears behind the from the window for a while. I look at Dad, I'm like, oh shit, that's he's supposed to be tickets. I don't know what he's done. And uh, he comes back to the window and he's like, "Sir, I don't know why the t- I don't know why we the tickets we have were where they are. Um, we've got much better seats for you." Um, I'm like, "Oh, okay." And he's like going through the stuff, and he's hand he's showing me. He's like throwing out the old bad tickets, and here's the new good tickets. Oh, you're gonna like these. And I finally looked at Dad. I go, "Holy shit!" I'm like, "He thinks we're those Dolans." <laughs> like, don't don't blow it. They think we're the Cablevision guys. So, uh, yeah, they like took us down. We pers- I mean, it's spring training and within two innings we could have ended up in the seats we, we they put us in anyway uh, in fact at one point we did move back because getting a little too sunny for dad he's like it's getting hot as shit <laughs> yeah, move back a, into the like shade yes so we did move but my other lasting memory of that will always be 
<laughs> so we got the good seats and we're living it up. You know, hey, look at us. They think we they're somehow related to the shysters that own this team. And um, we look up. There's a guy in full uniform, full Indians uniform, head to toe, standing in the stands. And it's like, look at this clown, this old guy. And it's he's got a Bob Feller uniform on. Mm. And we're both looking at him and we realize about the same time. That's really Bob Feller. That's really Bob Feller, yeah. Yep. <laughs> like, Bob, why? Did you miss the dugout? Are you just going to hang out here? Right. Yeah, so, Dad, of course, had to go. Dad went over and talked to Bob Feller for 20 minutes. He had a great time. Oh, that's very cool. So that was fun. But, yeah, that was our brush with uh, greatness. Uh, the same thing I'm sure would happen if I went to a Knicks game. I'm sure uh, James Dolan would kick me, would throw me out. <laughs> right. And ban me get from the Charles Oakley treatment. So that would be fun. Bob uh, Bob Feller had huge hands, just huge, meaty, big fingers. I saw him once at a spring training in the media room, and I sort of regret not talking to him more. He was kind of a crusty old guy at that yeah, point. He was crusty. Dad thoroughly enjoyed him. I'm sure. I enjoy crust. He's from Iowa. Dad knew where he was from in Iowa. Right. I told him, oh, I'm, I'm a farmer right. from Illinois, and all oh, the two of them. I'm surprised they didn't move in together. Oh, my. <laughs> Right. <laughs> to mom, dad left you for Bob Feller. It's sorry to tell you. <laughs> it's completely platonic, but <laughs> he left nonetheless. They're living in a trailer. They're both wearing Indians uniforms, full <laughs> uniforms now. It's they have cleats on. Do you remember? <laughs> oh, I'm sure he did. Yeah, he might. I, Bob looked like he was ready just in case. Um, I don't know what year right. this would have been. Mike Hargrove needed to put him in. He was ready to go. If you need an inning, like okay. I can give you one. 96, 97, I'm, something like that. I'm 96, and I still still throw a 96. So right. I'm still throwing my age. Have you ever been timed by a motorcycle? <laughs> I was just going right to bring that up. On, on remember this crap. We somehow got off, got on this topic. I I had the hardest time convincing Mike Donahue that there's actual video out there mm-hmm. of them. The only way they could figure out how to time Bob Feller's <laughs> motorcycle or motor or fastball was to get a motorcycle going 100 miles an hour and have it race Bob's fastball. <laughs> right. And then I found the footage. Right. Man, that was... Whose idea was that? I mean, <laughs> isn't, was that really the only way you could do it? Wouldn't it be great if that's still the only way they could do it and t- major league teams <laughs> did it on every pitch? You just got used to the fact that every pitch, a motorcycle is going to drive at home plate at 100 miles an hour. and they're. <laughs> you know how the, the Tigers and the Diamondbacks have that dirt part between the mound. <laughs> That's why it's there. <laughs> it's for to help guide the motorcycle, the home plate. <laughs> oh, Jan Gomes is out for the season. What happened? He got hit by the motorcycle. <laughs> <laughs> oh, there, there could be a sidecar. I don't know for what. Uh, the mascot, but... Yeah, that would be great. Yeah, go to a Cub game and there's some old guy and <laughs> Clark barreling towards home plate at every pitch. You can't beat fun at the old ballpark. <sighs> yeah, that's good stuff. So uh, I've been been enjoying uh, watching your Twitter feed. Oh yeah, uh, and you okay. having uh, having deep intellectual discussions with Yankee fans. Oh my god! Who never <laughs> say anything where people can hear you? Who can't believe that you would even intimate? that Shohei Otani could possibly be as valuable as Aaron Judge. Yeah, and I'm sure most of the listeners don't know or whatever, but 
got people on there showing me the odds. People do that all the time. They break out the odds, a sheet of what the bookies think. You know, well, he's plus $13, and, uh, you know, the other guys are minus 25000 What are you talking about? I mean, and these guys don't even know that that's – I mean, it's not forecasting the future. It's, like, getting people to bet the most on whatever to maximize profit. I mean, these guys who right. are into betting should know this. Yes, but. that's exactly right. The, they're not predicting wins. They are – either they are trying to mitigate risk by getting people to bet the opposite side right. of a number that they feel like has been bet too much on one side, or – they basically have just decided that um, they can sucker people out of their out of, right. their, <laughs> out of their money. Yeah, if they thought that they couldn't get people to to bet on Otani at a lower number, they will raise the number. The same with uh, Judge. They want you. That is, here's a shock. They want you to bet your money. Yes. Because even when you're right, you're not going to be right as often as you're wrong. Right. They're going to get all your money eventually. Yeah. Um. Somebody on the uh, magical Twitter machine had done the comp to show what what hitter this year Otani is most like and what pitcher he is most like. Oh, that's great. The hitter Otani is Giancarlo Stanton, and the pitcher Otani is Max Scherzer. <laughs> the two of that's whom good. combine to make $72 million this year. Right. Shohei makes that's five and a half. As I say this, Aaron Judge has just hit his 60th home run. Did he? He did. What Which inning is it in that game? Uh, I believe it's the bottom of the eighth. Um, it's pretty neat uh, tying Babe Ruth and something. Yeah. Do it at do it at the park next to the park that Babe built. All the history. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that right. parking lot right over there, that's where Babe used to play. Just like you're related to the Dolans. Same. Exactly. It's yeah, just tangen- tangentially. We're, Aaron Judge and me, this close to greatness. Right. Well, Judge is. I mean, I, I guess I don't want to be too redundant about things maybe we've talked about before, but when you honestly look at Aaron Judge's season, I think it is in the context of what the game is today and what it was when Bonds was playing and what it was when Ruth was playing is the best, you know, home run season ever. You know, he's uh, about 20 ahead of the next guy, although Schwarber, Kyle Schwarber hit a home run tonight, so I'm not sure exactly. get hot in the last 15 games. Yeah. I mean, I saw him hit 28 one night. (laughs) Yes. I mean, it was a home run derby, but he hit 28 homers in one night, so we've seen it. Very good. Very good. Um, Yeah, I mean, Judge has a shot to win the Triple Crown. He's very close, uh, you know, at a co- as of a couple of days ago, a couple of batting point batting average points behind Arias, I think, yep, of the great. Twins, and ahead in the other categories, and also ahead. You know, if we don't, I wrote another article or whatever a few weeks ago. Well, if you don't like these triple crown, you know, categories, you know, on base percentage, slugging percentage, isolated power, he's ahead in those too. So, I mean, he's even if you. Uh, put it in the context of stats that we find a little more valuable than we used to. Uh, he's a triple crown guy all the way. You know, he's, he's cle- clearly the best hitter in the league right now. Can you, if can you take any three statistical, statistical, easy for me to say statistical categories and make a triple crown out of them? I think you can. So yes. can we go back to like David Bodie's 2019 season and lead, <laughs> leads the league in errors, getting picked off and uh, hilarious injuries. 
and that would make David a funny crown for, David, for, for sure. David Bodie. Yeah. So, the, so the the bone I have to pick with this argument is the is what the award is called. Right. It's it is called the most valuable player. Okay. I don't know how you can have a more valuable baseball player than Shohei Otani. I don't. By either. sure definition of value in lots of different ways of value. You give a basically a forty home run hitting uh, ace pitcher who makes five million bucks. That's I haven't heard really. Valuable. I haven't heard any anybody anybody who's smarter than me, and there's lots of them. They just haven't seen my argument that. War doesn't really capture how valuable Otani is over replacement players because there is no replacement right, player right. for him. I mean, you could find somebody to pitch. You could find somebody to hit. But you cannot find anybody else in the league, and I'm not talking about Michael Lorenzen or whatever, who can do both like him. There's nobody who does what he does, who's ever done what he's he's done. I mean, the Cubs tried it early in the season with Frank Schwindel. <laughs> He pitched several times, mostly because they were down 18 to nothing. Right. Uh, and I got to tell you, as hard as Frank tried, he he wasn't quite as good as Shohei. So it is difficult. But it's Do we know his whereabouts right now? I know he was designated. Oh, yes, he's, uh, he's still pretending he's got a flat tire. <laughs> Frank, you got to go. A, t- a tire's flat. It's not. <laughs> it could be. Should we? Maybe it's low on air. It looks like it might only be like 28 pounds per... No, Frank, you have to go. Or, or have you towed? Yeah, poor Frank. Still faking the... I mean, not faking, but still rubbing his back. Are you sure? Right. Are you, I don't know. I think maybe I need to go back on the disabled list. Yeah. You're like, nope. Sorry. A little while? I mean, I know why they did it. They needed, uh, they needed a uh, 40-man roster for the great Esteban Quiros. Hmm. Who got his first major league hit tonight. He's a, apparently a 47-year-old second baseman from Mexico. Ah, <laughs> uh, that's who the Cubs are. The Cubs had quite a lineup tonight. Um, and they beat the Marlins. It was very exciting. For some reason, I watched the whole game. I don't know why I did that to myself. I do it occasionally. But yes, poor Frank is... The, the Schwindel era is gone. The, the Schwisdom t-shirts are uh, all oh. consigned to the dustbin of history. It's very clever. I just want to you know, like a lot of things in baseball. Some smarty pants sports writer way back when came up with most valuable as instead of like best player, player. of the year. Yes. Player of the year. Or outstanding. And nobody thought they would have to account for somebody who might do two really hard things at the same time. Right. Um, Which is kind of weird because players sort of did, mess with that a little bit like Babe Ruth for I mean there was a transition period where he was like a year where he was kind of doing what Otani was doing it wasn't the same thing he was more like a fifth starter and whatever and he, he wouldn't pitch for weeks but I looked this up too but um, you'd think in in a and I think maybe they are doing it now they are trying to sort of herd people in that direction so they can get a two for one on um a player so they can get some kind of value out of him. Maybe not at the Otani level, but um, making it so there are guys who can be, you know, Brooks Kieschnick, but maybe a little better hitter or whatever. So, and I'm surprised they, they haven't pursued this before because they love obviously to, you know, to 
get a dollar ten back on a dollar or whatever yeah. that saying is. That's not that's not what the saying is, but you know what I mean. Because I, you know, that is what they. It's the the best players in like high school. Sure. Your best player is your ace pitcher and he's your shortstop, and he does everything. And then the really good ones, they either go to college or they get you know, they go to the minor leagues and they immediately are put on one track. Right. And um Yeah, and you look at uh, how ba- baseball had transitioned uh the National League. I know this is we've talked about this before. The National League minor leaguers to getting them away from hitting at all as pitchers, you know, no matter what their skill level was. So um, baseball's kind of gotten away from that for years, but here's a way they can save some money and uh, maybe not come up with more Otanis, but get some more uh, versatility out of a utility type dude. And we see it with the, when they go up there and they bring in a, you know, it's a six nothing lead and they give up on the game and they bring in a infielder to pitch. And we kind of, we kind of see that there, you know, in a, cheap sort of way we, we joke about frank schwindel and the cubs you know being a two-way player but that's you know it's uh it, they do think that they're saving themselves from something by having them having these hitters pitch well yeah and that they had to, they had to put the rule in right that you have to be at least down by six runs right they did because the rays <laughs> they'd oh, be like the three run yeah fine we're just we're just done today <laughs> I don't, want to, mail the, I don't want to mess with the bullpen for tomorrow. It's like, it's <laughs> right. never come back from three runs down ever. Um, yeah. And it's, I, I, I just find it annoying given that, you know, pitching staffs are, they had to artificially, they had to cap the pitching staff number <laughs> because they would, these guys were like, we need 18 pitchers. Like, no, you don't, you really don't. Right. And even at that, that you have to convince them not to, um, Ah, uh, we we we're, we got to rest everybody. Everybody's pooped. It's like I just I don't quite get that. And I you know I suspect, and I don't know if it's true for sure, but the you know the the elbow injuries coming necessarily from people pitching a few extra innings, or is it more the speeds and the uh, the breaking the sliders doing it? Is that why we have more Tommy John than? And more elbow. We didn't have Tommy John fifty years ago, but you know more elbow injuries than we did fifty years ago, seemingly. That's got it. You know, we go through the whole stuff. You know, oh, they throw too much. Oh, they don't throw enough. Right. You know, Mike Marshall wanted everybody to throw like four hundred pitches a day. Right. He'd be like, "Well, you don't learn how to you don't learn how to uh, run a marathon. You don't train for a marathon without running marathons." Actually, Mike, you don't run a marathon when you train for a marathon. That's <laughs> true. That's true. So that's a brilliant. And and if you were going to run a marathon, you wouldn't run one every day while you're getting ready to run the marathon. Number one, it would take forever, and you'd probably lose your job. But uh, the other thing is, your knees and your ankles would fall off, and you, you then you really you would need to be body. independently wealthy to live that lifestyle. That's right. You need to be a former major league pitcher, right? Is now a overrated or a highly paid. Uh, he was like a pitching consultant for a while. He was no longer with us, Mike Marshall. No, he died. Probably because he he threw. It's <laughs> probably right. It's like he oh he was perfectly healthy, but his right arm was oh it was enormous. <laughs> or really, I don't know, I don't know what he did to make it that big, but that's what killed him. It was terrible. Um. 
Yes, I mean you do have an. I mean, it's. it's I get. Well, I, don't, I was going to say I get Yankee fans. I don't. I don't get Yankee fans. But um, you know, they see their their favorite player. It's like every other fan base. My favorite player is the most valuable player. <laughs> but it would be uh, weird to watch your favorite player potentially win a triple crown and not be the most valuable player. So you could see the uh, yeah their angst and and yelling. And I, well, they feel I'm, like there is a, an anti-Yankees bias, you know, which I I. To some degree, there is because people are god darn sick of them. But um, I don't. I, I mean, th- it isn't the case with me. You know, I, I I'm not promoting the opinion that maybe Shohei is more valuable than Judge because I don't like the Yankees or because I don't like Judge. You know, so I just, I guess I, I don't want to. I don't have a vote in it, but I, I would like it, it it to be kind of a mixed vote. I don't want it to be. You know, one-sided, which it 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 could be, or maybe it won't be. It depends on who votes, which for the most part we don't know. I mean, we know it's the BBWAA, but we don't know which thirty people are voting, and it's probably going to be thirty different people, or at least like twenty-five different people than it was last year. They shuffle it around every year. The same people don't vote for the same awards every time. So, um, I don't know what we can expect at that end, but I. You know, uh, Judge with 20 first place votes and Shohei with 10 or something like that. And uh, let's sort it out from there. But Yeah, I mean, I I expect Judge is going to win it. And then right. a few years down the road, you're going to look back and be like, can you believe they were, can you believe they didn't just give the MVP to Shohei every year? Right. I mean, that's the kind of Well, we, I mean, we said that last year. It's like, well, how are we going to give it to somebody else if he does something like this every year? Yeah. And, you know, he has been. Uh, he hasn't been as good of a hitter as he was last year. He's probably, I think last year he might have been the second or third best hitter in the American League after Vlad, maybe the second. And this year it's something like seventh or eighth, but a chance to be as good as number three. You know, he, the dude could be the, like the third, I wrote the third best pitcher and the third best hitter at the same time. Mm-hmm. It's freaking incredible. I mean, it's just um, or maybe we should have been doing this all along. I don't know, but it's like nothing nobody's ever seen. So I'm getting myself worked up again. Oh, that's but, good. Yeah. Well, so as, as we were talking about um, Aaron Judge, should he be the MVP? It turns out that was the ninth inning. It was the bottom of the ninth. Mm-hmm. He let off with a home run, and they were down by four runs. Mm-hmm. Uh, Giancarlo Stanton just hit a home run to win the game for the Yankees. Oh, no kidding. So. Speak of the devil. The last guy to hit at least 59 home runs. Which I had forgotten. I, You know, we were joking before we came on that I think he hit, like, a bunch of homers on the last day. Yeah. But I kind of think he did. Uh, after, I can... After I, I said that, I... Um, I meant to look that up, so... I was like, I think... I think it did kind of sneak up on everybody. Plus, he was a Marlin, and by then people were like, are they still playing? They're not. Well, um, was I right? 2017. He hit two in game 156 to get to 59. Oh, okay. So, and then he didn't hit any more the rest of the year. Okay. So, so he I did. completely misremembered that. That's three, but that's three days where, I mean, you know, he could have yeah, tied yeah. it. He had at least 14 at bats with a chance yeah. to hit his 60th home run and didn't do it. He did. He did. What a terrible year. (laughs) 
Uh, we were gonna we were gonna make you MVP, Giancarlo, but you know you went those fourteen at bats without a home run. And it's funny he finished. Um, yeah, well, he won the MVP that year. Yeah. He won the MVP in twenty seventeen, and Aaron Judge finished second in the MVP voting in the American League that year. To Jose, Jose Altuve. Oh, wow. And then Altuve beat them in the playoffs, you know, wearing a wire or a, a anal co- beads or something. <laughs> Can we say anal beads on the, this podcast? You have to say anal beads on this podcast. They're a sponsor. Okay. Just get the right brand. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know the brands for that. So. Sure you don't. Um... No, he was covering up a new tattoo. That's all it was. Right. I always, I, right before a big playoff game, I get a brand, I get a fresh tattoo that morning. Well, I mean, you got to psych yourself up for the game somehow. Then, no. Uh, it all comes full circle, right? So, um, that was off of Roldis. Yeah. This year, Roldis missed a game because he got an infected tattoo. <laughs> so. Ah, baseball. Back full circle, huh? I mean, I guess. Yeah, so we are. Um, um, I mean, I guess you could. I guess the the Brewers could still squeak in to a wild card spot in the National League. Yeah, but if not that, the only playoff spot really up for grabs is the winner of that exciting uh, race in the in the AL Central. Uh-oh. You're right. Um... I mean, that's pretty sad that the, the White Sox are our only hope for pretty much for um, some kind of pennant race in the regular season. But in fact, I wrote about that yesterday that the, you know, the Brewers are not playing all that well, but there's only two games that separate them from the bottom of the wild card. So that's a race of some kind. But yeah, and the, and the White Sox have to win these games or else when we said there's only they only have a 10% chance of winning and, you know, teams with leads as big as the Cleveland's, you know, historically have almost never blown them this late in the season. So it's got to be a sweep or nothing. So, I mean, there's not, um, you know, I don't know if there's like calls for to somehow tweak things again. So we make the regular season more interesting, but it's not, you know, judges pursuit of Roger Maris's 61 is, you know, really the only thing. Only thing there, and we've got so much time left, and he's so close that that's not really dramatic either. Everything else with the playoffs is about positioning. It's not about will your season end. Yeah. So unless we're talking about the White Sox or the Brewers, kind of boring. So, uh, baseball fans in Chicago were trying to figure out what what season this White Sox season would compare to, and um, I volunteered, and other people did the uh, 2004 Cubs. Uh-huh. A, uh-huh. A, a team that on paper was good enough to easily make the playoffs and right. for and put their fans through all kinds of <laughs> angst and frustration. Right. Um, and just when I thought all the comparisons had been made, uh, the the White Sox picked up um, scrappy little shortstop Elvis Andrews. They did, and in t- 
28 games for them, he has hit 314 with 357 on base and a 517. So like this is a guy who hit 237 with a 301 uh, on base for Oakland. Seemed like he was about done. And if you hearken back to the 2004 Cubs, you know, they made the trade for Nomar at right. the trade deadline. Right. Uh, but Nomar was in the, uh, had begun the ouch, um, <laughs> I'm hurt again phase of his career. Right. And the Cubs ended up having to pick up another shortstop. Yeah. Uh, off of uh, off of waivers. And he played in 23 games down the stretch. Hit 371 with a 400 on base and a 548 slug. So Elvis Andrews is the 2022 version of Nephi Nephi Perez. Perez. <laughs> Holy crap. Yeah, and that and for Cub fans who think that was the year Dusty said Neffy saved the season, that would actually be the next year, 2005, when after a great spring in which Nomar ripped up the Cactus League like nobody's business. Right. And then in the third or fourth game of the season, uh, left his groin in a pile in the right-handed batter's box of uh, Bush Stadium. Yeah, I remember that. And so Neffy got to be the starting shortstop for the Cubs for a prolonged period of time, and it went really well for a month. <laughs> and then it didn't. Yeah. For a long time. Uh, one, of them, one of my fondest memories of Neffy during that period was Neffy made lots of visits to the pitcher's mound. <laughs> like, uh, basically, you know, they, they, they kind of put the, uh, the pitcher's visit, the, the limits on the mound visits rule in because Yadi Molina basically spent... 20 minutes on the mound every game. Uh, at least he was the catcher. Right. Nephi's just showing up. And he's like, right. and to the point when he's always messing around with the rosin bag, to the point where I, I always wondered if maybe he thought, remember hostess snowballs? <laughs> sure. It's like, Does Nephi think that's a snowball? He's just over checking it. Oh, this thing. Can you eat this? No, you can't eat that. Nephi. You just checked five minutes ago. I don't know. Keep an eye on it. Maybe he was into unnecessarily translate. <laughs> I think he was. He's like, ah, oh, come on out to translate. It's like, I. <laughs> I don't think Mike Wirtz needs you to translate. <laughs> yeah, we're all speaking English. Now. What are you doing? <laughs> I don't know if he's like, well, I don't, I don't speak English very well, so I'm actually translating for myself. <laughs> Coming out, I'm listening to you in English. And I'm telling, I'm speaking Spanish in my head to myself. Like, just would you go, just go stand over there. We'll give uh, you a rosin bag. You can play with it at third base. How about that? Just, and he's just throwing it up in the air and catching <laughs> it. The ball's rolling by. I'm like, oh, it, sorry, guys. <sighs> So basically what I'm saying to Sox fans, I'm sure a lot of Sox fans listen to this podcast because of the way I, I give such rapt attention to their team. Um, sorry that we can make yet another comparison between I I like the comparison, though. And, the and that season and, ended very much with disappointment. Oh, yeah. Tell me about it. This meeting. Um, we, uh, Mike Dunham and I just did a two-hour and 40-minute, remember this crap, about the, <laughs> about the 2004 Cubs. Reliving that was triggering, but we got through it. It it ends. It has a happy ending, actually, though. Yeah, yeah. The podcast, the, the the podcast, and the season. Oh, you know, they get eliminated on the second to last day of the season. They it was a choke even for them of epic proportions, finding all kinds of ways to let Austin Kearns beat them. Uh, oh. The dead ass last Reds uh, managed to continue. They had a four game series with the Reds. And I think they beat him once. Um, 
because they came home for the final homestand in first or, or in in the wild card lead still. Yeah, okay. They had a couple of uh, gut wrenching losses to the Mets heading into that. After what I had forgotten was an excellent stretch. They had a there'd been a uh, hurricane uh, that had um, screwed up a series they had with the Marlins, and so right. in fact they played a road game against the Marlins at Wrigley Field. Mm-hmm. They made up when the Marlins were in town playing games at uh, U.S. Cellular. They had to play a series, I think, with the Expos. Yes, at U.S. Cellular, we'll and then that. while they were in town. They were, they, next, they were supposed to play the Cubs, so they played a doubleheader at Wrigley where one of the games was technically a Marlins home game, although Major League Baseball does not let you does not let you be the road team in your own park. Hmm. You can't even do the... You, you don't get to bat first. You just have to play it out like normal. I see. And uh, what I had forgotten is until uh, Ryan Dempster and Latroy Hawkins combined to blow a 3 nothing lead to the Mets with one out in the ninth um, with a home run to Victor Diaz and then Victor another Diaz. home run to uh, oh, who's the other? Craig Brazell? Oh, I don't know. I forget. I don't even want to think about it. The boy from Brazell. Uh, the Cubs on, a, on had played like 16 games in 15 days and gone 13-3. and three. Mm-hmm. So they were riding high and then they crashed and burned. But the reason it ended on a happy note was at the end of the broadcast, on the final day, Chip Carey announced he was leaving. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, oh, suddenly it's all worth it. You guys buried the lead. You could have started the game. He knew he was leaving. You could have started the game with that. So that was the end of our beloved Chip. Is that when they got Len Casper? It is. Yeah. Now, it was nearly uh, Dave O'Brien. Yeah. And I know this because Dave O'Brien started emailing me um, because he must have been Googling himself. (laughs) (laughs) Be careful when you're Googling yourself, kids. Um, And found that I had been writing nasty things about Chip and had been writing about the rumored people to take the job. And all of a sudden I started getting emails from Dave O'Brien. He was starting to, like, try to grease the skids. Like, all right, I'm gonna. Yeah. This, this guy seems like a real prick. I'm gonna, <laughs> I gotta get him on my. I side. gotta get him on my good side. Um, and the deal apparently broke down over the Cubs not w- wanting him to basically stop doing things for ESPN. Who's gonna have to yeah. be Cubs announcer full time permanently? And Dave didn't want to give that up, and so they went to door number two, and it was Len Casper. This is a cult, Mister, and you must join in full. That's right. And that all worked out fine for the Cubs. We enjoyed Len. It did. I don't know what he does now. He sells, sells carpet, I think. Um, got it. Quit the business. But I miss him. Maybe someday he'll come back and start doing baseball again. The NFL action's in full swing at DraftKings, a casino queen sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. New customers can bet just $5 on any NFL team to win and get $200 in free bets if they do. If that's not enough, everyone can boost their winnings with DraftKings' stepped-up same-game parlays. Right now, for every leg you add, you can boost your winnings up to 100%. You may have two legs. That doesn't mean you have to limit your parlays to two. With payouts bigger than ever, why bet on football anywhere else? Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code POINTLESS to get $200 in free bets if your team wins when you place a $5 bet on any football game. That's code POINTLESS. Only at DraftKings and Casino Queen Sportsbook. 
If you or someone you know has a gambling problem, crisis counseling and referral services can be accessed by calling 1-800-GAMBLER, 1-800-426-2537. 21 or older, Illinois only. Bonus issued as free bets. One boost per eligible game. Opt-in required. Parlay and wagering restrictions apply. Eligibility and terms at DraftKings.com slash football terms. Um, Paul Goldschmidt, he, is he... Um, is he still a triple crown adjacent as well? Could we have two? Triple uh, it is adjacent, but he's on the wrong side of a couple stats. Oh, so, oh darn, that's too bad. Uh, Schwarber is getting some separation there. Boy. He's behind in um, batting average. I think he's behind. He might be behind in all three now. He is. He's, uh, he is leading the league in on-base percentage, slugging percentage, and OPS, but he is not leading the league in homers, RBI, or batting average. Right. Numbers have really cratered. He's struggling. He's only hitting 322 with 35 homers and 112 RBIs. <laughs> yeah, I mean, he's he's slumped a little bit in September, which, you know, Judge hasn't, but people do that. It's not, you know, anything to be ashamed of, but it is the kind of thing that is going to take away a chance to win the Triple Crown. So he didn't have a whole lot of margin for error, and he's, you know, he's still got a couple weeks here to get his stats back up, but it's it's going to be tough. Um, I see Bryce Harper. Do, is is Bryce Harper? Is he relegated to DH for the uh, rest of the season, or is there a chance he will? Uh, you know, at some point they said the right field again that there was a chance that he could play the outfield. Uh, I don't know the latest on that. Um, they were they were hoping. Oh, okay, hang on. Oh, August twenty three. No, it, it, the latest is no. He's going to have to DH. At some point when he was still out, they're like, oh, maybe he'll come back. And But uh, I think as of, like, September 1st, they quashed that or squashed, Your Honor. Squashed or quashed. Either, either is acceptable. Oh. So uh, what's your question there with, uh, with that? Or well, I was you... just um, wondering if, if that means that the um, Phillies will have to continue uh, with Nick Castellanos. Um, wandering around in right field and it appears that they're going to have to do that although he's not yeah. uh, having a very good year no he's drawn a lot of complaints I don't know if it is a matter of uh, him trying to finally live up to the long term deal and he hadn't gotten before but um, um, or if there's some injury but is it bad that he has uh, 124 strikeouts and only 27 walks? Yeah, I mean, that's as much as I appreciate his personality and his sense of humor. And, um, well, he's still, you know, he's a guy that's always struck, struck out a little bit too much and not walked enough, yeah. even when he was at peak Nick Castellanos. So, yeah, because that, that's um, really not far off his career. Rate. I mean, he has 1,154 career strikeouts and 321 walks. So the 124-27 is not that far off. No, it's not that far off. I mean, it's never – he's not coming from a position of strength, you know, on that. Um, And so, you know, a little bit off, it's going to get into, you know, you're striking out too much more than the league and you're, you know, I don't know. I'm just trying to say it's – that that's never been a, a strength of his, right. but 
if you fall off a little bit from it, it goes from, well, we can handle this to it's becoming a problem. You can handle it because he's hitting home runs or whatever, but he's, you know, it didn't, a guy that strikes out that much and doesn't walk enough indicates somebody that can be pitched to. Right. And you get a little bit older, you get a little bit injured, you get a little bit slumpy, you get a little, you know, you lack confidence, and then it becomes a thing where you're really not that good. And that's where he's at right now. Right. And he's also a brutal outfielder, so that doesn't help. Either. He used to be a third baseman. Yeah, so. brutal third baseman, too. Um, <laughs> yes. Yeah, so he came to the Cubs in 19. In 18 with the Tigers was the first year he posted a decent on-base percentage. It was 354. Uh, he struggled with the with the Tigers in uh, 19, but after he came to the Cubs, he was really good for them. The only guy who could hit at the end of the 2019 season. 321, 356, 646. Signed with the Reds and didn't have a very good uh, year in the pandemic year. But then last year... He had 309, 362, 576, and that's what the Phillies thought they were buying. He's only 30. It's not like he's 36 years old. Right. Um, but, yeah, it has gone the, it has gone the other way. And yeah, I'm sure the idea was um, you know, you're going from a hitter-friendly park in Cincinnati to a hitter-friendly park in Philadelphia, so that should all be fine. And I've read a couple happened. things where the Phillies Citizens Bank Park isn't – I think maybe it's good for home runs, but it suppresses runs in other ways, and it's not as good of an overall hitter's park as it used to be. And it's been that way for a trending that way for a few years. So maybe there's some of that too. I don't know if that has affected Schwarber at all, but well, maybe it's tough. Pretty... Maybe it's a uh, maybe it's a tough on right-handed hitters because maybe Bryce and um, Kyle don't seem to have a problem, but maybe that's the yeah. issue. Um, yeah, I don't know why I got in a. Nick Castellanos tangent, but uh, oh, I'm sure there's a good reason. If we if we looked at the tape, yeah, we might have to do that. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Have to get 30, 30, bet you get 30, bet you get 20, 20, 20, bet you get 20, 20, bet you get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Uh, the Dodgers, uh, is this good? They're 102 and 44. Yeah, they're pretty good. Uh, only, uh, like three or four teams have had, actually, I don't remember what that stat is, so scratch that, but yeah, that's one of the best things ever. And they're run, they're, uh, run differential. They've scored, you know, 340 more runs or something like that than they've given up. Oh, yeah, I should look at their Pythagorean. According to Pythagoras, oh, yeah, uh, uh, Dave Roberts is not doing a great job. According to Pythagoras, they should be 100, 107 and 39. 
<laughs> <laughs> so Dave Roberts, Dave, people do complain about Dave Roberts. I have to fire him. You're underachieving by quite a bit, Dave. Sorry. Yeah, he joined the list of uh, managers with a, four different 100-win seasons. Um, Tony La Russa is on that list. And Bobby Cox, I think, has done it, did it six times. Um, I don't think... Uh, Preston Gomez, I don't think he did it uh, more than... Uh, never. I don't remember any details about Preston Gomez being the manager. Gonna say he probably didn't. Uh, I don't think he ever won. I don't think he won 100 games four times. Uh, but one thing I was interested in: though, what do you think the longest losing streak the Dodgers have had this season was? Is it four? It's four. That's pretty good. What, when was that? That was um, Wednesday, May 11th to Saturday, May 14th. Let's look and see who uh, who got. Oh. They lost uh, a game at Pittsburgh, came home, and lost three in a row to the Phillies. <laughs> they responded then by winning seven in it a just row. just made them mad. And nine out of ten. And then uh, 15 out of 16. <laughs> so uh, they actually, I, I was thinking, they got to 100 wins so fast. I was like, I don't think they had any really long winning streaks. But they won twelve in a row at one point, so that's, that's pretty good. That's but pretty no, nothing good. seventeen, nothing eighteen. Yeah, but it's mostly just they just don't lose very often. You know, they'll they'll lose. They've only lost three a handful of times. So, and his last at least couple starts have been since coming off the DL dominant, the IL dominant Clayton Kershaw. So that's huge after them losing um, Walker Bueller for the year, not having him available. Yeah, Kershaw's last couple starts. Well, I mean, he doesn't, he's sort of been on a roll, period, but um, he's been really good in September. And if he's, you know, yeah, 150 ERA and four September starts. So they have that going in the playoffs, but. Who knows? People might uh, think Clayton Kershaw is not a clutch guy if he loses a playoff start. So I think I don't know if that's still going to be hanging over his head or not. I'll hang it over his head. Good, good. That's just the kind of guy I am. Uh, They also have the great uh, Julio Urias, who has um, been a a very very good postseason pitcher since he was nineteen. Right. Because he's still, it feels like he's been around forever. He's 25 years old. How old is he now? 23? Okay. He, um, his postseason. We lost a couple years of the pandemic, too, so it's, you know. Yeah. His postseason career, uh, he's pitched in 22 games, uh, only five starts, but he's 7 and 3 with a 352 ERA. He's, uh, uh, in NLDSs, he's got a 2.29 ERA in two World Series. He pitched five times. He's a 2.7 ERA. Um, so yeah, it is funny though that they lose uh, Bueller, who was, you know, basically their ace. And they just—I mean, I'm sure they're like, "Oh, that 
sucks, but they just kind of shrug that off because that's who they are. Um, Cub fans know that's the team the Cubs were supposed to be. This uh, The team built on, we have money, we're a major market team, and we will spend money on our current payroll, but we also have money, and we will invest it in our minor league system and the dual tracks of excellence. And uh, One team decided to do it, and the other one uh, can't ever seem to do um, more than one thing at a time. It will be interesting to see how long of a leash Craig Kimbrell has uh, closing games. So, because he's a- after he uh, he started out the year kind of how he finished it with the White Sox, really iffy, and um, but changed his uh, his walk up music or his yep. entrance music to something silly to let it snow, to let it snow, and then it was unhittable for a while. But now that he's regressed kind of back to where he was before. So yeah, he's if he's kind of iffy, if Brozdar Gratterall isn't, uh, you know, bringing it, if they don't have Blake Trinan. So I'm, I'm looking at the little things here that might get in the way of uh, the Dodgers actually being the, the best team once the playoffs start. And I think that's where maybe they have a little bit of a, a possible weakness. Yeah, there's always that, you know, the best team doesn't always win in the Major League Baseball playoffs, and that's true. Uh, but the teams that say that the most are the teams that aren't the best team because they're trying to convince themselves. It's It helps. It's an advantage to be the best team. You're not going to win every time, but uh, I would rather have the best team than another team. Are you worried at all that the Cardinals could sneak up on some kind of Redbird, Devil Magic, pool host, uh, what you know, uh, revival, let's go out with a World Series. I know that's what they're trying for, but do you think that is what are the odds? Oh, they're not that good. Uh, they probably only have like an eighty percent chance of that happening. I mean, <laughs> it's yes. It's I. I look at how, if the playoffs start today, they would play with the Padres. It's like no, no. I want it's, it's someone better. Than, someone better than that needs to play them in that three. In that best two out of three first round. He just. Get rid of them. The longer those assholes stick around, the more likely it is that <laughs> something horrible will happen, and they will and they will win. I mean, this is a team that that the franchise that had you know basically really good teams every year from 2004 till what like 2015, and two years that they had crap teams, they won the World Series. No, you you you're not. You weren't supposed to win in '06, and you weren't supposed to win in '11. And the Tigers couldn't field a baseball in '06, and Nelson Cruz couldn't catch one in '11. So yeah, I mean, I, I I could easily write a script where they, and you know, it'll be freaking um, Albert will hit a home run, and Yachty will throw somebody out on the final you know, pitch of the season, and I'll you know want to kill myself. <laughs> The only good thing that will be is that I won't see it. I'll just have to hear about it. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, it's always kind of a relief when they either don't make the playoffs or get booted out of the playoffs because then I can just watch the playoffs. Right. Because otherwise, I do, I just don't subject myself to that stuff. It's. Uh, I'm surprised that um, you know we've talked about the White Sox as much as we have. I'm uh, I'm proud of you for jumping in and. Well, this recognizing is, that there's 
no getting around it at the moment. Right. Well, they're the only there. Well, honestly, though, I'm I'm enjoying their demise. Okay. So that's a Fair little enough. bit of it, but I'm still not watching it. <laughs> here's how <laughs> here's how much I watch it. I, I I do keep tabs of it because my fantasy team may have Eloy Jimenez, Luis Robert, and Andrew Vaughn on it. So I always know what the score is as I'm checking to see how I'm doing. Uh, but I, I don't... think Luis Robert has one hit since August, and he's oh, got something wrong with his. I team. can't I can't play him ever because I put him in the lineup, and he'll he he gets scratched during batting practice because yeah. of his hand, and then I don't play I don't play him, and he does play. Um, luckily, I uh, early in the season I uh, I scooped the little Michael Harris off of waivers, and uh, so even though my first round draft pick has been a complete bust. Actually, my team's terrible because everybody got hurt, but I do keep an eye on it, and that's how I know how the White Sox are doing. You got Michael Harris off waivers because someone cut him, or because that's how... No, because he, he didn't start the season. Yeah, he didn't start the season in the big leagues, and no one had picked him. Okay. Yeah. I got him early. I picked him up after just a few days in the big leagues before anybody knew that he was worth... Um, having and keeping for the entire season. So that worked out pretty good. I'm uh, basically the Farhan Zaidi. Where, I see. You know, I'm just constantly keeping an eye out for, for injuries and who may have to, have to, have to fill in and uh, right. take a hundred whacks at stuff like that. And then if two of them stick, you're in good shape. Yeah, I'm in. Uh, I know people love talking about our fantasy teams, mm-hmm. but 12, uh, 12th place out of fourteen. So I don't know about that call. You know the the White Sox and the Indians are. Ugh, I keep I do oh. it again. The the Guardians are. I don't understand why they didn't overturn that on replay. There's a the White Sox had gone ahead by a couple runs in the seventh. And the Guardians came back, tied it. They got a hit, uh, and it looked like Ahmed Rosario was safe on a throw at the plate by uh, Elvis Andrus. That was a lot like the really crappy one that he made last week in Cleveland. You you don't know what I mean because you're not watching, but um, and it look, I mean that to me it looked like Rosario was he was called out at the plate, but it was one of those where well that's going to be overturned, and apparently they didn't do it so. I don't know. I don't get it. And it looked plain as day, too, but I don't have the sound on because I'm talking to you, so maybe there's some kind of reason for it. But So the White Sox pick up a, a small break here. They get... I, uh, I don't like it. No. Tito and I are going to have to file a protest. Yeah, maybe. I don't know if that is... Uh, I, don't, I think like the protest has been held up once in the history of the game, but feel free, you know. But I think that Cleveland got kind of jacked around on that one. But And it's not like the White Sox should be given any breaks. I know they've had a lot of injuries, but they've dug a lot of their own grave, too. So, <clears throat> uh, yeah. So Judge is one home run away from Roger Maris, the American League record. That's, uh, you know, getting back to that for a second, at least... 
judge is, you know, there's a, there's an American League record thing here. There's a Yankees, there's a Maris connection. So that's kind of all very nice and nostalgic. And it's a real thing. It's a real record. You know, we still have people talking about how well it's, you know, Barry Bonds doesn't have the home run record because of steroids and whatever. And, you know, that I, I don't agree with that take. You know, I'm, I know that he took them and it was either against the rules in reality or um, it was implied. But, I, you know, I'm also aware of enough baseball history to know that guys have been taking stuff of various kinds for forever, going back to like horse semen in the 19th century and and other things in the game that don't have to do with cheating but have to do with, I mean, Barry Bonds, is, he's the home run champ and you just have to accept that. You might not like it, but it's true. But anyway, Judge being the American League champion, at least we have that, um, the American League record holder. At least that is a kind of a, a thing, and he can have that, and you know we don't have to necessarily even talk about Barry Bonds so or Maguire or Sammy. I believe one of the Marises was at the game tonight. Yeah. So. Okay. I know. Well, so they're, the wife—they're they're back on tour. <laughs> still alive? Is the wife still with us? Madge or Midge? I don't know. Um, Maris, Mrs. Maris. I don't. I think she is. Yeah, she is. I believe. Yeah, I don't know if she was there. We so got one Randy the, and there, uh, some other Maris. There was a crew cut. There was a crew cut there. At least know. one. Yeah. yeah. I don't think it was Midge. <laughs> Maybe she has. <laughs> she has a crew cut <laughs> I, now too. I'm just going with a good. Uh, Midge, Midge is a good. That's He's a nickname. solid name. Nobody names their kids Midge anymore. No, that should make a comeback. Uh, Midge Maris. It re- it reminds me of. I liked. I enjoyed the um, Billy Crystal. I thought he did a shockingly good job with sixty one, and I, I think it's one of the best. I mean, it's kind of a low bar. One of the best baseball movies, but I I always enjoyed it, and I liked the Maris angle and all that stuff. And, you know, I remember Sammy and uh, McGuire fondly as it was happening, even though we kind of suspected at that point that maybe it all wasn't above board, but I still, that was still fun at the time. So I was looking to see who played Midge uh, in 61. (laughs) Uh, Pat Maris. Pat, Um, that's right. Or Midge is either. It's good. (laughs) <laughs> was played by an actress named um, Jennifer Foley. Um, was it Billy Crystal's daughter? Check that. Uh, she could be because she pops up in lots of. Um, she was in. She's she's been in lots of Billy Crystal movies. Uh-huh. Um, married to actor Matt Foley since September, two thousand. And they live in a van down by the river. Uh, yeah, it's it's, it's Billy's it's Billy's daughter. Yes, right. I knew I remember that. I loved uh, Thomas Jane was like he stole a movie, but still, Barry Pepper Barry was Pepper. great as Maris, and I even yeah. liked uh, Sabatka as Bob Serve. Uh, is it Chris? Not Chris Hansen. Maybe it is, but the guy from the, the second season of The Wire, Sabatka played Bob Serve, and he made really weird eggs. And he made the made the other players eat them in their apartment in Queens. Yeah, his name Chris Bauer. 
As Chris Bauer. That's, that's right. Name. Yeah, he's a yeah. We all know him from The Wire, and but he's a that guy. He's been in he's a that guy lots sure. and lots and lots of stuff. Um, Christopher McDonald played Mel Allen. So good old yes. Shooter, Shooter McGavin was Great. Mel Allen, and his boy, he was spot on too. It sounded just like him. Michael Newry was Joe DiMaggio. Yes. Very uh, uneasy relationship with Mickey Mantle. D-Day, Bruce McGill from Animal House was Ralph Houck. Yep, right. And Whitey Ford always, was always Anthony good. Michael Hall. Yes. He kept Mickey alive, basically. Yeah, I did enjoy it. And I remember watching, like, HBO had, like, a making of it where they showed at the time it was cutting edge uh how they digitally yes took uh tiger stadium and put the i can't why can't i think of the fancy word for it now cgi well cgi but you know the um green the, screen you know at the why can't i think of the word for it the you know. know at the top yankee stadium up at the top you know of the upper deck they have yeah. that whatever that stuff is called you know it's oh, almost the, like a picket fence kind of thing the, yeah per- Trellis? No. Yeah, it has a it has a fancy name. The people are yelling at their phones right now, but that obviously wasn't there. Lattice. 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 Gladys Maris. <laughs> lettuce. Lettuce night and the pips. No, that's not it. Anyway, remember they did that, and they and they lattice. had to they had to digitally make Tiger Stadium that kind of uh, kind of almost aqua green that at the, that in that time Yankee Stadium steel that color was so that it would look authentic. Right. Um, but yeah, it was good. And I did like 61. I thought that, I thought it was a good movie. I mean, for... it's great though. And if you look at, you, you mentioned the, the computer technology, in the stands, you can see Jar Jar Binks and ET <laughs> in the stands at, uh, no, I'm sorry. That was, sorry. <laughs> yeah. Oh, they should have done that. Yeah. Uh, just shows that if, um, you know, if a fan gets to a certain position in Hollywood, he can make anything happen. Um, and I don't. People don't know this. But Pat Hughes and I are working on uh, uh, twenty, the Carrie Wood story. It's going to be all about. It's going to be all about Carrie's twenty strikeout game that Pat uh, has told stories about about eleven thousand times. It's like Pat. Yeah, you were there. That's great. You've been at a lot of stuff. We don't need the Carrie Wood story again. But he <laughs> clearly. He clearly thinks that was the greatest game he was ever at, and he's going. But your it. audience is always changing. The um, a couple weeks ago, the Cubs had their uh, they inducted their new class into the Cubs uh, um, like utility tunnel of fame under the bleachers. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> a lot of a lot of steam pipes. Um, but the best part the best part of it was, you know how the. Uh, Obviously, the the football hall of fame, you get like the cream colored jacket, and it's very iconic, and everybody, yeah, everybody knows. They see it. They know that either you're a realtor for Century Twenty One or you're in the Pro Football Hall of Fame. The Cardinals have this gaudy bright red jacket that they give their Hall of Famers. Right. So uh, the Cubs this year gave all their current Hall of Famer, all their living ones. They probably gave to the dead ones too, but they weren't wearing them. Um, a cubby blue blazer. And there was a shot. They folded, they folded it, the blue one, and gave it to the widows. Like a it's flag. Like they presented it. And then, they would, um, and then the pitching machine fired off 21 baseballs <laughs> and salute. 
So there's a shot of like Rick Sutcliffe and Lee Smith and Billy Williams and Ryan Sandberg and they're down there and they're and uh, Jose Cardinal and Pat Hughes are down there and they've got their new jackets on, and just the the <laughs> the jackets, they all look like the, they they looked exactly like the guy who's trying to sell you cologne or mints in the bathroom. <laughs> it was it's like you you they're all. They're bathroom attendants. That's what they look like. Congratulations, guys. Nice job. Billy Williams with a white towel over his wrist. <laughs> He's like, eh? <laughs> Got anything for the effort? Sorry, Billy. I'm out of change. Well, maybe next time. <laughs> Billy, could you, could you wave? I'm sorry, but could you wave a match around back there? It's, something's got to happen. Yeah, so the Prestigious Cup Hall of Fame. Um, nobody's quite sure where it is. Nobody knows how to visit it, but it's there. And if you get lost, uh, you can enjoy it. It'll be fun. Yeah, so we just we got two, basically have two weeks left, and um, the playoff position—the only playoff positioning really is left, except for this uh, White Sox Guardians thing. And then we'll get down to the uh, to the real and, stuff. The and can the Brewers overcome the whatevers right. and get in the wild card? Right. Yeah. I guess the Padres, right? That's the that's the team they can catch Padres? theoretically. As of last night, the Padres were ahead of the Phillies. Oh, so it could be the Phillies. Yeah. Um, basically, there those so there those three teams are jockeying to see who plays the Cardinals in the first round. Because the the third wild card team in the National League will play the division winner with the worst record, and that will be the Cardinals. Right. Uh, yes, because and it can't. Yeah, right. It, it won't be the NL East. Their record will be too good. Yeah. And I'm not actually sure what the rule is if it has to be the wild card anyway. You know. So. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Yeah, so we'll see what happens. It's then the season's going to end awkwardly on like a Wednesday. Yeah, Wednesday, or does it even go to Thursday? Maybe in some cases. I guess it could. Uh, does that mean the playoffs start on Friday? Yeah, I mean that's good, right? Yeah. That's what that would mean if that's yeah, that's true. The playoffs start on October seventh. At a time to be determined and a city to be determined amongst teams to be determined. This is very... Uh, um, no no games on Thursday, October 8th. So... Yeah, starting on Friday. So the, uh, the AL wild card... There's four wild card games scheduled for October 7th. And then that, that includes, obviously, the lower division winners as well. All right. So when we know who that is, then we could chat about the advantages and disadvantages of sitting out the first few games, first few days. Yeah. Um, it, but that and happens. also there's the, there's the controversy of how the, the sixth seed actually has it better than the, the fifth seed, I want to say, uh, just because of how you avoid – the bracket with the team with the best record. Oh yeah. So we'll see how that plays out too. All right. 
well, we'll we'll know more. It'd be hard to know less. We'll know more. It's true. Uh, next time. All right. Well, thanks, thanks Andy. You're welcome. Many of us have herpes. I just wanted this to be over.